0: Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Coach podcast. Coach Megan here, and you are currently listening to the 10th episode of the CP Squared. In case you hadn't noticed, I am super excited for today for a number of different reasons. Number one, I am spilling the beans and making my big announcement. Stay tuned. Number two, it's Brene Day, and those of you who know me know that I'm a super fan of Brene Brown. Today, I'll be talking about her newest book, Atlas of the Heart. I'm so excited to dive into the content with you. It's everything that's needed in our society right now. Number 3. My podcast hit over 150 listens, and that feels like a lot to me, although in the greater scheme of things it's probably not. Today's episode puts me in the double digits. According to a study by Amplify Media, 64% of podcasts available have fewer than 10 episodes. So, this feels like an accomplishment worth celebrating a bit. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and let's get into episode Dace first things first today. My big announcement is that I am opening up my own coaching practice. It's called the Couch Potato Coach LLC and you can check out all the details on my website couchpotatocoachllc.com. That's couchpotatocoachllc.com. And Just a a quick sidebar here. I can't help myself. For anyone who thought that this was going to be a pregnancy announcement after I've already had two children and told everyone who knows me that our family is complete, um, women can have big announcements that have nothing to do with children. Just going to put that out there. I'll be honest, this is terrifying. I I have always wanted to own my own business and coaching feels like the thing I was made for. But it has still been hard to take this step and actually do it. I really like guarantees in life. I like knowing exactly what to expect. This road is filled with uncertainty and I have to learn all of this new stuff and there's just no guarantee that I'm going to be successful. I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you what scares me the most about doing this, even though I really don't want to. But again, If I'm asking you guys to deal with the complicated, messy middle, then I have to be willing to model it myself. So here goes. I have been afraid to tell people about getting my coaching certification and starting my own business because I'm afraid people will laugh at me. I know how that sounds. Some to my face, which has happened, but mostly... (laughs) safely behind my back. Partly because life coaches in general don't have the best reputation and it's just not a profession that generally commands respect, but partly because of me personally. I have taken on many twists and turns in my life and that has earned me a bit of a reputation for being a flake. So there is some truth to that. I have joined CrossFit and I quit. I have sold real estate and I quit. I have been a vegetarian and I quit. I have joined Beach Body and quit. I have managed apartment communities and quit. I have decided I wanted to get my master's in social work and completed one year before I quit. And halfway through the color guard season of my 11th grade, I quit. And along each and every single one of these new ventures, I have loudly proclaimed that this is This is the one and now you can take me seriously. I'm not doing that again. I'm not asking you to take me seriously. And if you heard me say that I'm starting my own life coaching business and your first instinct was to laugh, then I do actually get that. I accept some of the responsibility for that response because of who I've been in the past. However, I believe I learned something from each of those twists and turns and that brought me to where I am now. It took me this long to establish my identity because of all of the things I had to unlearn. I learned to do and say things that went against my values in order to be safe. and It took me time and experimentation to find which values felt the most authentic to my soul and which ones didn't. So. Yes, I understand that there are those of you who know me that may need time to actively see me being and doing different before you accept that this is a serious endeavor. I own that. I'm not going to promise you that this is it. All I'm going to say today is this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. Coaching is the thing that fills me the most. And I'm filled with wonder about the human condition, what makes us tick biologically and emotionally and how they are both explainable, unexplainable and hopelessly intertwined. I have an insatiable curiosity about personal development and I believe that this service is it's vital to our society right now. I have watched adult after adult after adult Succumb to an emotionally reactive state, not unlike a child would, that doesn't reflect who they are and holds them back. And I'm not being critical. It's not their fault. They were never taught anything different, and neither was I. I had to seek out the information for myself and learn how to process my emotions in a way that worked with me. I have a compulsive curiosity when it comes to this stuff, and I just cannot let it go. I've been actively seeking out information and learning more about this stuff for the better part of 17 years now. And there's a rule out there that researchers believe it takes at least 10,000 hours to master something. So let me break that down. If you wanted to become the master of something in one year, you would have to practice it for just over 27 hours a day. Not possible. To achieve mastery in five years, you would have to practice a little over five hours every single day. To achieve it in 10 years, you'd have to practice for a little over three hours every single day. So this represents a true commitment. And I can safely say I have put in that time over the last 17 years. I can't keep myself away from the subject. Um, and it's what led me to get certified as a coach. It's what led me to join the Institute for Coaching and it's what's driving me to finish getting my NLP coaching certification, um, my emotional intelligence coaching certification as well. Now you can put in the same amount of time that I did to learn all of that, or you could hire a coach to get you there faster. And here's where it's interesting to me, the researchers who came up with this rule, have recently come out and said that this is not always true. You also have to take into account the quality of their teacher. So a musician could be outplayed by someone who practiced less, but had a higher quality teacher who showed them just what to focus on at a key learning moment in their practice. All I want to do as a coach is allow you to get to that place that reduces your overall suffering and allows you to fill your days with more of what brings you joy and fulfillment. There's only one resource that we have that is finite, and that is time. And I believe that if we all spend our time fulfilling our life's purpose, then our entire world would see progress in a much shorter time frame than if we keep repeating the same decisions that keep us feeling blah, feeling stuck, feeling trapped, feeling like something is missing. Let's get that shit off. So here I am. My business is called Couch Potato Coach LLC, as I've already mentioned, and I am ready to find out if I'm any good at this, which leads me to my offering. I am offering three free coaching sessions in exchange for honest feedback for three people. I'm not going to be using this feedback to publish on any site. This is purely to help me refine my process as I get things up and running. If you're interested in a free coaching session, then just respond to the question link right in the podcast. Or you can go to my website, couchpotatocoachllc.com and fill out the contact me form and I'll get in touch with you that way. You can DM the couch potato coach on Instagram if you prefer that method. Or most of you that are listening to my podcast know me personally. So just shoot me a text or give me a call this will all be completely confidential. I will not be coming on the podcast next month telling everyone your secrets. Um, I know there's still a stigma around reaching out for help and you may view this as an admission of some sort of deficit or character weakness. I would just like to point out that the research shows it takes confidence and healthy boundaries in order to ask for help. And research also shows that if you ask for help, you get where you want to go faster. I mean, there's no stigma in athletes having a coach. Celebrities have coaches. I think it's time for the average person to allow themselves the same privilege. Now, I could literally keep talking about coaching for another three hours, but lucky for you, I'm going to move on now. If you're interested in a free coaching session, please reach out and I will be happy to provide you with all the details. Okay, on to Brene's new book, Atlas of the Heart. If you have never heard of Brene Brown before, then you live under a rock. Um, No, clearly you've listened to my podcast before because I'm fairly certain I mention her in every episode at least once. Um, She is a shame researcher based in Texas and my personal hero. Her work is so moving and essential to what our society is experiencing right now. She delves unashamed right into that messy middle, the gray areas of life that can be hard to define, the complicated situations that shouldn't be reduced to a sentence in a meme. I just, I love her work and you can listen to her work on one of her podcasts. She hosts two, one called Dare to Lead and the other called Unlocking Us. They are both absolutely fantastic. She has a few books out, The Gifts of Imperfection, Dare to Lead, and her newest one, Atlas of the Heart. You can learn all about her and tune into her podcast through her website, Brown.com. Atlas of the Heart reads to me like a textbook would. Uh, I found it to be considerably different than her other books. It's it's very straightforward and like an informative manual on the 87 most essential emotions within the human experience. In her intro, she shares that she was surprised to learn the vast majority of people can only identify three emotions, just three things, and that's all that a person would be able to verbalize they are feeling. Now, if you're asking yourself why that's important at all, I am going to read a quote from her book because she says it beautifully, and I want to get it right, quote, In my experience working with clients, the ability to name this emotion or experience it is essential to being able to process it in a productive and healing manner," end quote. She goes on to warn that when we're unable to accurately articulate our emotions, we feel hopeless and we feel a destructive level of anger. And lastly, I'm gonna do a quote again because it's just beautiful. Quote, language shows us that naming an experience doesn't give the experience more power. It gives us the power of understanding and meaning, end quote. In order to stop feeling so alone and hopeless, or that destructive level of anger that's so intense and causing issues in all of your relationships, she's provided this framework of sorts to help us understand how to identify what emotion we're feeling. And from there, we can learn whatever it is that our body is trying to tell us, move away from being stuck in this loop of inarticulation. I find that Brene talks about this concept a lot in her podcast, Unlocking Us. So if you really want to deep dive into the cost of incorrectly identifying what emotion you're experiencing, then feel free to head over and take a listen. You will not regret it. She's incredible. Um, As I've been reading through the book, I realize I don't use the vast majority of these emotions to describe how I'm feeling on a regular basis. I recently read a journal entry of mine from back in 2008, and it went like this. Dear Diary, I'm feeling angry with Brandon. He was, Brandon was my boyfriend at the time. Because he did this thing I didn't like. I didn't want to be labeled as that girl. So I just shrugged it off and I had a good time at the party with him. He never knew I was mad at all. I'm so proud of how mature I acted. So that was Friday's entry, okay? And then this is what Sunday's diary entry read. Dear Diary, got drunk at a party and got mad at Brandon for putting ice in my cup when he should have remembered how much I hate ice. We've been together three whole months and have had many talks about how much I cannot stand ice in my drinks. So right there at the party, I yelled at him and was really angry at him. And I'm so embarrassed at my behavior. I just know he's going to break up with me. Why do I keep acting like this? What is wrong with me? I'm going to die alone. I was very very dramatic back then. Can you all recognize what happened there? On Friday, I was feeling angry about something. Anger is a legitimate feeling and I'm entitled to have it. If I had known better, I would have asked myself a few questions about the feeling, since our feelings are data, and they're there for a reason. Once I understood all the reasons why I was feeling angry, then I could make an informed decision about whether or not I needed to bring it up and discuss it with Brandon. Instead, I accepted that anger is not an emotion that women are allowed to have, unless they want to be labeled as crazy, or irrational, or discounted in some way. To be angry as a woman is discouraged in our society. So young me wrote the feeling off right away and suppressed it and told myself that I shouldn't feel that way. I acted to Brandon like everything was fine. Then cue Sunday evening, that anger that I had suppressed found its way out and now I was acting in a manner that went against who I was. No one gets that upset over ice. Unless ice is symbolic in nature for something else. So I waited until I was drunk and had that as an excuse for my behavior. And all that anger that I had suppressed from two nights before came tumbling out. It might help to think of your feelings as energy. Remember Mr. Einstein's E equals MC squared? Energy cannot be destroyed. It can only change form. If you tell yourself you shouldn't be feeling a feeling even though it's present, it will find a way to come out, usually in a way that misrepresents who you are. And to all of you out there going, this is a bunch of hooky. No one believes in that energy hoopla. Tell me, what does an EKG measure? We've all heard of that test. It's widely used across all medical institutions as a useful way to measure how your heart is performing. Do you know what it is measuring? If not, buckle up. According to a quick Google search and ending up on hopkinsmedicine.org, it measures the natural electrical impulses that cause your heart to beat. That's right. Not only Do we produce energy in our bodies? It can actually be measured. So maybe it's not too odd to think that our emotions carry a certain energy along with them. And since we know that energy can't be destroyed, it can only change form. The way to change the form of an emotion from suppression is integration. And once you understand the message behind the emotion and you allow yourself to feel it, it changes form. It allows us to find clarity where it was lacking before. Mic drop on that one. Mind blown. Except for I'm not going to drop this mic. It was expensive. I could just end the podcast right there. That is a lot to chew on. On the flip side, there are consequences to emotional suppression. Over time, it will take more and more energy to keep those emotions suppressed. And if it's never addressed, it can lead to physical manifestations or depression. If you never pay attention to your emotions or integrate them in, then that's a path to depression. The thing not a lot of people recognize about depression is that it takes a massive amount of energy to be depressed. Now, I've only just started to dive into how it manifests physically and the latest research on that, so I'm going to save the specifics on that for another podcast. Just generally speaking, not dealing with your emotions can lead to chronic pain or illness. This message that we've been receiving from society and, in particular, employers, institutions, that we should show up to our lives every day regardless of how we're feeling is wreaking massive havoc on our shared humanity. The message I personally have received that I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be sick and need a day off, and it's especially taboo if I wanted to take a day off for my mental health, I'm inundated with this message that I should carry on, never reflecting on how I'm feeling. I'm supposed to work out six days a week whether I feel like it or not. I'm supposed to leave my baby at home whether it feels like I've bonded enough with her or not. I'm supposed to end my maternity leave after a few weeks, whether my body has healed from childbirth or not. I'm supposed to show up to work with the flu and get everyone else sick, whether I feel up to it or not. I'm supposed to go to that birthday party this weekend, whether I feel like it or not. I'm supposed to plaster a smile on my face and pleasantly make dinner for my husband every night, whether I feel like it or not. I'm supposed to love every minute of being a mom whether I feel up to it or not. I'm supposed to be camera ready every day and I'm supposed to make every meal from scratch, whether I have time for that or not. I'm supposed to have a neat and tidy house at all times, whether I feel up for the task or not. And I'm supposed to get up and carry on, even if I'm not feeling well, no excuses allowed. Now I know what you're thinking, but if I waited to feel like it, then I would never go to the gym. I'm not saying we should live a life dictated by how we're feeling. I'm saying that our society is structured in such a way that encourages us to live in a way that disregards how we are feeling. We aren't supposed to take how we're feeling into account when making decisions that build our lives. Our feelings, are information, they are data. They deserve a seat at the table. Either you tell yourself you shouldn't feel what you are feeling and you show up fake to the people you care about, to the job you care about, or you wait until Sunday night and you get mad about the ice and you act in a way that's incongruent with who you are, with who you want to be. (laughs) My challenge for you this month is to continue to start your day in gratitude. Write down those five things that you're grateful for every single day. And second, spend some time asking yourself how you are feeling. If you're only able to identify when you're feeling mad, glad, or sad, then find some time to stop and really feel that emotion and see if there's something else behind it so if you feel mad ask yourself if it is really anger that you're experiencing or if it was disappointment could it have been resentment or fear or jealousy and if you're saying that you're feeling glad make the distinction to ask yourself if it's curiosity or wonder or joy brene identifies 87 emotions that we all feel on a regular basis as humans And we've got to do better when it comes to naming what we're feeling so we can move that energy into integration and understanding. If you're only able to come up with less than five feelings throughout this month that you experience, then it is time. Go get yourself a copy of Atlas of the Heart and learn about some other ones. That's a wrap on episode 10 of the Couch Potato Coach. Thank you so much for listening. I have been surprised and delighted to see so many people tuning in to listen. Um, It's not a responsibility that I take lightly, and I'll continue to make sure that the content is the best I can make it. I hope to see you all back here for episode 11 next month. As always, I do this more than anything else so that you can come here listen to my voice and know that you are not alone